Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. It's that little chico pit boom, Mr. 305, but I said Mr. Worldwide. You already know what it is. Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Subscribe today. Now, part of the things that we're doing over here at negative to positive is encouraging people to change their lives, change the things that are within their power. I want to thank our good friends at KFC for helping me bring this to you. Feed your whole crew with KFC. Let's go. I can get the KFC bucket of chicken and you know, that's fire. Now, Babo, you know that you could get that mac and cheese, that mashed potato, gravy, those biscuits. Now, that's that's trouble right there. That is fire right there. You know, on negative to positive, we're always talking about striving and achievement. And, and the Colonel Sanders story is, is a story that inspired me since I was 10 years old. Look how our life comes full circle. Now I'm talking about Colonel Sanders and Kentucky Fried Chicken and how much I love it. <laughs> Listen to my new podcast from negative to positive. Check out the vodcast. Subscribe today. Apple Podcast. Podcast One. Spotify. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. Hey guys, Perry here to tell you a little bit about Pluto TV. It's the leading free streaming television service where you can watch over 100 TV channels and thousands of movies on demand, all completely free. Pluto TV never asks for your credit card. You don't even need to sign up to watch for free. Pluto TV is the easiest and completely legal way to watch your favorite TV shows and hit movies for free. So what are you waiting for? Never pay for TV again by downloading Pluto TV. You can download Pluto TV for free on all of your favorite devices today, including your phone, your Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Apple TV, Smart TVs, PlayStation, and anywhere else you stream. It's that little Chico Pitbull, Mr. 305, but it said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. It's Monday movie talk time, and you know what that means. We're discussing the box office and how Men in Black and Shaft did this weekend. And then on top of that, a new Hunger Games movie is in the works, specifically a prequel book being written by the author and then adapted to the screen by Lionsgate. They want to keep that franchise going. 
I got a lot of thoughts on that one. And of course, as you know, box office is always too. And it's Monday, so I get to talk about it with John Roca, and we have a very special guest in studio, Simon Thompson. Simon, I'm so happy we made this I'm work. I'm happy I'm allowed to be here. Yes. Um, which is great, so thank you for having me. Oh, we got to get into it. We got a lot to discuss today. Get that bread. You, you <laughs> said bread. it. You said it and appeased him at the very beginning of the episode. We can't do that here. It's Fine. lit bread. Let's get that lit bread. Is For that the, the record, I still have yet to say it myself. All right. <laughs> box office. So actuals are in now. Here is the top five of the box office. Men in Black International opened up with $30 million this weekend. After that, it was Secret Life of Pets 2 with $24.4 million. The three position went to Aladdin, which made $17.3 million. Then it's actually Rocket Man at number four. When the actuals came in versus the estimates rocket man and dark phoenix switched positions because rocket man had 9.42 million followed by dark phoenix which only made 9.35 million you guys look at this chart what stands out to you simon well first of all more people go need to go and see rocket man yes hands down yes. one of the best Absolutely. movies of the year um not at all surprised that men in black international hasn't done well Nobody wanted this movie. Nobody was excited about this movie. And it appears that nobody was talking about this movie. I mean, I think the, the advertising campaign for this has been so underwhelming. It's, I'm, I was getting a meh from the industry, a massive meh in black. I don't know who it was for. That's the thing. I don't know who it was I'm for. I'm glad you said met in black met and you didn't make black. a neuralizer joke. No, no, God, no. Oh, God, no. You'll get called out on Twitter for that. I know, right? No, it was just, seriously, it was just, I mean, it was a boring movie. Yeah. Everything was on screen and how anything with that much action can be dull, I don't know, but it's happened three times this summer already. Mm. This Godzilla and Dark Phoenix, so much going on on screen, really dull movie. And I just think word of mouth was so weak. Mm-hmm. There was just no buzz. I've not seen a summer that is so unbuzzy for the longest time. The Not only for long. Well, yeah, I mean it's gonna change, hopefully. But I mean it, no, I'm not entirely surprised that it, it didn't do well. Mm. I thought it would have done worse. To be honest with yeah, you. Yeah. Um, when the actuals came in, I wound up being spot on. $30 million. This is kind of what I expected. Mm. And I also expect it to fizzle out really quickly. And mm. I expect Toy Story 4 next weekend to kind of like suck the air out of the room for every other thing. The yep. only one I'm curious about next weekend, though, when we were talking about this before we started rolling, is Child's Place Fade. Mm. Because it is a very interesting piece of counter programming that is also like oddly connected to Toy Story and what that is. So the two of them going head to head, I find interesting. But I feel like most other things on this chart that we're talking about right now, they are just going to tank. And speaking of tanking, you know what else tanked at the box office this weekend? Shaft. shaft. Poor Shaft. Poor Shaft. What well, happened there? I don't know what we do here. Sam Jackson can't open a Shaft movie. This is such a shame. You remember that John Singleton movie, which was so good with fantastic performances? Mm-hmm. Christian Bale and Jeffrey Wright. Do you remember that they were in a Shaft movie? Yep. It's kind of mind-blowing. It's fantastic. You look at this one, this three-generation Shaft. I love they brought Roundtree back. But clearly, this is an interesting book because I made like 8 or $9 million, but an A cinema score. Yeah. So this is fascinating to yeah. me because you look at the B for Men in Black, definitely woo, right down the toilet. But the A for Shaft is interesting which means although the reviews may not have been good, the people who went to see it really enjoyed it. So you start wondering if maybe this is a marketing situation. Maybe people are just tired with the Shaft story and they didn't want to go see it. But clearly there might be a decent movie in here that is just being overlooked for a number of reasons. I think it's really interesting about when audiences turn out and don't turn out for Sam Jackson movies. Right. Because, I mean, he is in a lot of movies that do phenomenally well. How much of he is as a drawer, I don't know. We saw him more in Captain Marvel a couple of months mm. ago. People really enjoyed that. It's the first time we've seen a lot of him in a Marvel movie. But then you get 
things that are kind of in the middle, like Hitman's Bodyguard, yeah. where that was more of a Ryan Reynolds-driven mm. thing, because Ryan Reynolds. Um, and, and then, but anything else, I mean, he does a lot of these smaller movies uh, or, or sort of other studio movies that don't get the thing. And people just don't turn out. Mm. They just simply don't. People love Sam Jackson, but they don't love him enough to pay $15. Yeah. Which is really weird. Star power. I feel like we're just kind of like in the summer of mediocre blockbusters yeah. and, and people are catching on. And it's also like we have so many special blockbusters out mm. there. It's like I want to spread the love a little. But the truth of the matter is everyone went and spent their money on Avengers Endgame, which was mm-hmm. a great movie. Yeah. And then next weekend, everyone's going to spend their money on Toy Story 4, which is also a great movie. And then who knows what's going to happen after that? There is some good stuff in between. It's like I wish more people saw Late Night this weekend. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to only having X amount of dollars to spend at the theater all summer long, there's yeah. only so many things you can catch. I think there are two problems with this. I think the fact that there are a lot of movies that just simply aren't having enough room to breathe. There's no two-week mm-hmm. or maybe three-week mm-hmm. window. I think the last thing we saw really where there was a two-week window was in the run-up to Aladdin. Mm-hmm. That was kind of where it was. Everybody stayed out of the way of Avengers Endgame. Then we had a little breather, but it's, it's really rammed in. And I think a lot of people this summer are, when they find a really good movie, they're going to see it more than once. Yes, so I think where they're having like the 15 bucks for the first time and then 15 bucks will be another movie, they're just not going to see that second movie. They're mm. not interested in it for whatever reason. They're going to go and see the same movie again. I still know people that are seeing Avengers Endgame mm. for like a second, third, fourth time. And even movies like Booksmart. Mm. If people are going to go and see yeah. Booksmart, I know everyone's going, mm, Booksmart again. But, you know, if they, people are liking it, they're taking their friends. They're going back and they're seeing it again. Mm. And they're sacrificing that over a Child's Play or a Dark Phoenix or whatever. I'm actually curious to go back now and mm. look at uh, what happened post Avatar because Mm. if we have a movie that is you know challenging the title Mm. for biggest release of all time I just wonder if Avatar especially with the repeat viewing thing had a similar effect on the big releases that came out after it I have to go look that up maybe Uh, but I just want to make sure it's clear Monday morning I was right that it wasn't going to cross Avatar so give it up Uh, but here's (laughs) Aladdin for seven because everybody called me crazy everybody said it was ridiculous to think it wasn't going to do it and it didn't do it 725 million for Aladdin it's this. It's uh, it's hard to say this about a movie making this much, but it little is this little engine that could yeah. that keeps going, and people are going over and over again to see it. I think to your point, Simon, that it is pushing it up into this realm where it's like it smells a billion dollars. That's yeah. mind blowing to me because no one thought this thing was going to have any shot at coming anywhere near something like this. And it's incredible to see how how well it's doing so quickly. And when you look at which I know you're going to get into, Perry. We look at Dark Phoenix mm-hmm. when. When Rocket Man yeah. is beating you and Rocket Man is disappointing in terms of the box off returns versus the quality of the film yeah. is beating you in your second weekend. It's that's a bad sign. Rocket Man in weekend three compared yeah. to a big X-Men movie in weekend two, that really is a significant drop. I mean, yeah. it's the complete opposite trajectory as Aladdin. Yeah. Weekend two, Dark Phoenix drops 71.5%. Yeah. That is a huge, huge number. This thing is going to be gone from existence so soon. Yeah. This is a franchise that other franchises used to stay out of the way of. People were like, an X-Men movie's coming out. Get the hell out of the way. Right, right. Don't come out in the first two weeks. But now it appears, even with big stars like Jennifer Lawrence and, you know, obviously, you know, people like uh, Michael Fassbender, people were very thirsty for Fassbender. And just people aren't turning out. Even, I mean, I've got to say in that movie, there are a lot of the cast that even didn't appear to be excited about Dark yeah. Phoenix and that was making bank for them. I've never seen a cast so willing to 
die. Um, it was crazy. Um, but yeah, I think people are just, these franchises, I think, are burning. We're not having the legacy that we used to have. Well, speaking of franchises running yeah. into problems, I want to take one question from the live chat right sure. now from Bobby Singer. He's asking, how much does the failure of Men in Black International further dampen excitement for fellow Sony franchise relaunch, Charlie's Angels, as people always yeah. had more faith in MIB to be good? Yeah, I've, I'm definitely luke, lukewarm about Charlie's Angels, especially when you add, you look at that cast, that cast isn't the traditional Charlie's Angels cast. Yeah. So this is an interesting approach that they're taking. It's going to take a hell of a great reviews, a hell of a film for people to go and see this thing already. Uh, and yeah, you, the time may have passed for it. Certainly that showed in Men in Black International. But also with Men in Black, they undercut the whole foundation of that franchise with this movie. If Charlie's Angels doesn't do that, then I think it has a better shot at making more money than Men in Black did. I think we're also seeing a trend at the moment with a lot of uh, female-led action movies where we had a couple a couple of years ago, kind of when it got to Atomic Blonde, everybody was starting to get a little bit tired in audiences. Some of them were getting a little bit samey. Now we've got <coughs> Anna coming out this weekend. I mean, Anna? Who yeah. is Anna? You know, I, nobody knows this movie's coming out. It's got mm. Helen Mirror. I actually thought it was a spoof when I saw the advert. Peppermint didn't do last well. Right. Uh, Miss Bala didn't do well. There are so many of these movies coming out. And I think this Hollywood thing of like, hey, movies with, with women leading them as these strong action heroes. Let's make nine. And then people are going, I'm going to see four. And then I want to see other movies that, <laughs> for the five where I'm going to spend my money. And I just don't think, I'm with John on this, I just don't think anybody, again, like Men in Black, I don't know who it's aimed at. I don't think mm -hmm. anybody... I don't think the people who are paying to see these movies want these movies. I hate taking one movie's failure and judging another that we haven't even seen a stitch of footage for mm -hmm. using that. But the truth of the matter is it's, it's almost like the tone of the conversation, the air in the room, a bad taste that's something else left in your mouth that yeah. it's being connected to strictly because it's a reboot and it's coming from the same studio. So... Yes, when something like this happens with Men in Black, I'm going to get concerned yeah. for that. If I was them, I'd get some footage out now. I'd get some footage out really, really quickly, get people excited about it. Because at the mm. moment, the longer you hold off, I think the more the stench is going to develop in the room, even if it's a great movie. Mm -hmm. yeah. We can go on and on about this, and yeah. we are going to go on and on about this, because all summer long, I mean, like you were saying before, Simon, we really do not have a break at the box office. No. One big release after the next, and we're going to cover it all right here. But right now, we got to tell you about a show that you could watch right here at 5 p.m. PT Live. Here's Rula 2. Hey guys, Riley here, and let me tell you about Rule of Two. You looking for a Star Wars fix? Well, Rule of Two is that show. It drops in on Collider Video's main YouTube channel, as well as on Podcast One's Jedi Council feed. So go over there, subscribe, share it with your friends. It's hosted by myself and Mark Fernandez. We talk everything in the Star Wars universe with a lot of deep dives and a lot of conversations that go all in. You know what to do. Subscribe, join us there, and rise. So you got Rula 2, and then on top of that, make sure you're checking out all the content over on The Factory, one of our podcast feeds. You can get it at podcastone.com or Apple iTunes. For example, that's where you can find the new episode of Witching Hour tomorrow morning. We had a very special guest. Mick Garris was on the show. I am so excited to share that chat with you guys tomorrow morning. Check it out. All right. Story number two. Yet another thing I'm excited mm. about. I'm a huge Hunger Games fan. I actually credit the first Hunger Games movie with changing my career in a way that gave me more consistent work because when that movie first started like casting and, you know, becoming like big movie news around the internet, yeah. the outlet I was working for at the time, I was the only one who had read the books and really loved them. So all of a sudden I got all this work. So 
I love this franchise, and I'm very excited that they announced today that Suzanne Collins, the writer of the original books, she's going to write a prequel novel set in Panem 64 years before the events of the original trilogy. And then on top of that, that book is due out May 19th, 2020. But the chairman of the Lionsgate Motion Picture Group also revealed that the studio is already developing a film adaptation in tandem with Collins. So you hear that. What do you guys think is the first concern, basically what we were talking about in the box office segment, like it's time has come and gone and this is kind of, you know, heading towards a dead end. The time I think had come and gone effectively by the time the last Hunger Games movie came out. We'd Mm -hmm. already seen in the box office returns. We'd seen in the crowds turning out of the premieres. Jennifer Lawrence had become bigger than the franchise. She was a huge thing then. We'd already seen a bit of a disinterest. YA has continually proved to be a really difficult sell. The audience that lapped that stuff up are now grown up. Mm. And it's a really difficult sell, you know. And also, I think, I mean, I I have a long history with this franchise. I remember when uh, uh, I had never read the books, but I was aware that they were massively popular. And the year, the year is 2011. The city is London. Mm. And I was doing Junket for X-Men First Class. And Jennifer Lawrence was off already doing... Uh, 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 doing the Hunger Games. So she was in the middle of a forest. We did a satellite link for the interviews. Nobody, she was offered, and it was like, hey, Jennifer Lawrence is going to be huge. Nobody was interested in Jennifer Lawrence at the time. Hunger Games press tour came out in London. I had to literally push the outlet that I was working with to want to cover these hmm. movies. Oh. Jennifer Lawrence, because at the time, she was still kind of unknown. She was obviously come out of, you know, Winter's Bone, but that was about it. And so it was a really difficult sell, but then it hit really, really big. But I think when it hit big, it burned really quickly. And part of the mistake was splitting one of the books the lesson they have to learn this time is do the book as one movie i don't know i think i might disagree on that one i do think that we do have an issue in this industry or maybe not even an issue i don't think that's the right word the challenge of when you extend a franchise to Mm. that extent it's just difficult to keep it afloat for that long but when it comes to mockingjay the book i think the fact that they split it into a movie is a good decision creatively because that book is dense and even though i do like all three books the first two are way stronger and just like the whole architecture of those books is much stronger than Mockingjay, which is just like so many ideas crammed into one. So I thought that was a good move from a story perspective. It's just that as we see with many franchises out there, it starts off, you know, money wise, like up here, here, here. And then all of a sudden it starts to trickle down. It yeah. killed Divergent. <coughs> right. Well, Divergent yeah. was one that really suffered. Yeah. Divergent had a problem at the very beginning, it though, sucks. because you <laughs> Well, it, I wouldn't say it sucked. It definitely paled in comparison to the first Hunger Games movie, and then the next movie sucked. Yeah. That <laughs> well, is true. That's you, fair. You start to wonder if we've moved. That's what I mean. Like we were mentioning earlier, have we moved past the time? Do we need one? Does this excite people? I, I don't see this excitement on the internet that I would normally see with an announcement like this. Besides Perry, obviously. I don't I see this. Say, yeah, besides it's because I've like, stolen it and bottled it all up for <laughs> yeah. myself. Well, you need more people to be involved. And I wonder if they, they're going to find this lightning in a bottle like Jennifer Lawrence. Yes. This is an Oscar-winning actress they found to lead. Their, will they be able to do that again? Or do actress, are actresses more circumspect now as they look at a franchise like this and go, do I really want to walk into this and commit myself to three yeah. years and do or three movies? And what could this could lead to? Will it restrict me? Will people only see me as this? Jennifer has that instinct, which is why it's 
so ironic that she got her bones made by being in these franchise movies in terms of being a superstar, but her her actual acting bones are independent. And so she is a legitimately damn good actress. Being in these franchises limited her. So I wonder if there are actresses coming through that you'd want to be a part of it who will turn it down. Well, we don't even know if this is going to wind up being a star-making vehicle for someone who is like Jennifer Lawrence because we have no clue what the story is going to be. It's like I sat there Googling, and I know a lot of the books talk about previous Hunger Games, but you know, if we're talking about 64 years before the first movie, we're probably in like the 10th Hunger Games. So I Googled it because I couldn't remember what specifically happened in the 10th Hunger Games, and all there is out there is some sort of deleted scene from Mockingjay or an image that I haven't even seen of all of the Hunger Games winners written on pillars, and there's some backstory for a character named... I have the name here, Griffin Naismith. And apparently, Mm. according to the description on the Hunger Games wiki, and again, like I don't remember this from the book, so I can't tell you if Suzanne Collins is the one who even came up with this, but it was like a really violent uh, game where someone shot him through the eye with an arrow and he ripped it out and stabbed the person to death. But uh, there's no no (laughs) way they're doing that. That seems like super dark. And it also is just... I'm excited about this movie no matter what. The idea of going with an early Hunger Games like at that point seems really strange to me when Mm. the richest prequel opportunity is to go back to the either the first Hunger Games or paving the way to what led Panem to make the decision to make the first Hunger Games happen to begin with. That is the storytelling opportunity. The only character that I'm aware of that could maybe be included in this is a young President Snow. That's mm. uh, reading your article, the article that Collider did three years ago oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> about these prequels. You brought up the president, and I thought that would be an interesting way in. Does this have to be a female-led Hunger Games? See, it doesn't. That was an interesting way in, in my mind, right after Mockingjay Part 2 came out, especially with how important that character was at the end of that series. So many years like removed from it at this point, I don't see how that idea is going to capture like a worldwide movie going audience. Another thing to look at too, are these Harry Potter films, right? How did these, I was going to say, yeah, yeah. The fantastic beast. People were uh, looking forward to it and seeing if they would like it. And then it, they, they kind of half liked it, and then they really hated the second one. So this is the danger with this, you I, know? I think there's a big difference between liking the idea of a movie right. and actually putting your hands in your pocket, your butt in the seat, and going to see the movie. I think it's really different. People love going to the theme parks. They love buying all the stuff. They love re-watching the old movies. <laughs> I know so many Harry Potter fans that are just simply, for, what, for a variety of reasons, just not interested with revisiting yeah. or engaging in this story because they know where it's going and they know some of the characters they're like are going to be in there but they've already got it in the book i think it's a bit of a gamble if i was lionsgate i would definitely make this into a five or ten part miniseries mm. stick it on tv do that make it an event for tv i, I wouldn't take the risk wow. of taking a chance with those butts on seats I that's what i'd do never say no to another hunger games movie because of the attachment i have to this property yeah. but the idea of going like a miniseries or a tv series mm. route that sounds like it's probably the way to format it and also people are queuing up to do really hot tv shows yeah. right yeah, yeah. now uh, meryl street to the hunger games um, right. But no, seriously, I think if you, if, that, if they want to do it, 
do that. Get If it's going to be a thick book, make sure you have those 10 one-hour episodes Could you imagine something that. like super dark and bloody, like along the lines of, you know, like Battle Royale on HBO. Mm, TV Some, can do that right that now. Yeah. Game me, of like, Thrones, Walking Dead, that's so many the shows That's formula do to fill the Game of Thrones void. Yep, do I don't know. Well, yeah. clearly that's not the path they're taking. They're developing this thing. I'm not quite sure what the timeline would be on something like this. Yeah. The book is coming out in May 2020, but if they're already actively developing it with the author, then it would seem that they are going to try to get things going fairly quickly. We will watch out for all these updates. You can bet I will. All right. <laughs> let's get some questions in here. Let's take this first one from, oh, I'm going to pronounce your last name wrong. Uh, Pardis. Jesu- I'm not going to try. Pardis, thank you for your question. We're going to ask, could West Side Story be the next success for a musical like Greatest Showman was and for Spielberg? This is like a Roka question all over the place. Look, I love Greatest Showman on Defense of the Day I Die, um, but this first image of West Side Story just turned me completely off to this production. All these pretty people in this thing. You know what was great about the original? There was... A lot of dirtiness. Yes, you could say they were dancers or whatever, but they looked dirty. They looked street. Nobody looks street in this picture unless we're talking about Sesame Street or Beverly Hills 90210 Street. It does not look like it's supposed to look. So these are, these are, we're talking about knives and zip guns and all this kind of stuff in West Side Story. What you've got here is pretty kids out of the latest high school dancing around in this picture. It drives me insane. Wearing Converse. I think they're all wearing, I don't know why I noticed that, but they're all wearing the same sneakers. It did look a little bit like a Gap advert or something like that. Light Latinos, light skin, what the hell? Anyway. The the whole thing kind of struck me as something like a little bit of Dangerous Minds, a little bit of Sister Act, and a little bit of High School Musical. (laughs) Yes. I got the same thing, and I'm getting bad Jersey Boys vibes off this again, because that is a show that I love. I love musicals like you. Yeah. And I just get that kind of, I don't know, have you sucked all the life out of it? I don't know. <laughs> I'm looking forward to seeing footage. And I do love a musical movie, but my spider sense is tingling in yeah. a good way. I don't know. I mean, you say sister act, and all of a sudden that makes me a little more interested than I was before because I love those movies. But it, this, this, great image, movies. this image, first glance, I'm like, oh, that's a pretty picture. And I like Ansel Elgort. But when I really when I really thought about it, it's like it was missing like a texture that I thought we were going to get. But There's again, no this is one image from an entire movie. So yeah. I'm not ready to like completely like wipe this off the map now. One other thing I wanted to ask you guys about because sure. it caught my eye today, the Ready or Not trailer. Oof. Because this one was like like I want to say like a punch in the face, but like a good one this morning? Yeah. I that email dropped in my box. I was just having my breakfast and I was like I had no idea this movie even existed. I was like, okay, I'm going to watch the trailer. Seriously, that that movie to me seems like a mix between your next and Clue. It is just insane. It's what I wanted movies like Hotel Artemis to be mm. last year. This kind of like, you know, this, this fun, violent universe that we're enjoying movies like John Wick in again. Really intelligent, fun, mm-hmm. cleverly choreographed action movies with an edge of horror, an edge of darkness. Genuinely really exciting. For a movie that I didn't know about yesterday, mm. it's one of the movies I really want to see this summer now. Yeah, that one looks like a lot of fun. I love how the trailer was cut too. I'm a little yeah. concerned that they show too much because there are a couple of things yeah. that I think in the moment would have been like a, whoa, that just happened kind of thing. But 
it from a selling standpoint, it worked. It just easily made that one of the movies that I'm most excited for in the rest of the year. You just don't see enough Andy McDowell movies where she's carrying a mm. crossbow. <laughs> you know, the best, the best horror is the tension horror, the suspense horror that you don't know what's coming around the yeah. corner war, and that's the universal appeal of a game night gone wrong. Yeah. This is there's so much about this that speaks vo- that speaks my language that I'm super excited to see this and Samara Weaving as well, who I've been yes. enjoying so, in yes, Smilf. Yes, I yes. loved her in Smilf, and yeah. then I've seen her in a couple other things. She's a tough fantastic actress that has a little bit of the margot robbie look but it works in all these other different genres so i love it if you do not know who she is like google her name right now because Mm. i am betting she is going to be one of the next big things another recommendation i'll give you is watch her in mayhem she kicks so much ass in mayhem and i love it Mm. all right she'd be perfect for a hunger games project it was going to be a hunger games project i'm just saying that might work okay Okay. Now I'm, I'm interested. I'm I, I wouldn't mind that pairing. I'm let's get one quick Hunger Games uh, question sure. in here. Uh, let's see. Oh, I lost I the say. one that I was looking for because there are so many questions. You know, All right, we're going to move that. away from Hunger Games really quick. Here's a, I mean, this is going to be hard to come up with on the spot. Micah is asking, if you could make a prequel to any movie franchise, what would it be? Transformers. Of course you would. There it is. A prequel All right. on All right. Cybertron, the battle, the first five minutes of Bumblebee, everybody loved. You know why? Because it was badass. Put that prequel on Cybertron from beginning to end. Everything on Cybertron. People go crazy for it. Ape shit. Do you know what I'd really like to do? I would like to do Back to the Future. Oh, nice. But I would like to do Back to the Future where we explore Doc Brown's story more, more than the Marty McFly timeline. Because we'd always see a little bit of sort of, you know, where he was in his life, but there's something else behind Doc Brown right. that took him into that world of science that we've never seen. And I know that could be an Yeah, he's a rich family kid. Did he disappoint his parents by becoming a scientist? Mm-hmm. There's so much to explore there. Agreed. This is an obvious answer for me, but I really do want a, like, a medical-ish drama in Jurassic Park where it's like, like the slow build to actually, like, either them realizing they have the capabilities to create a dinosaur yeah. or birthing their first dinosaur and what that was like, you know, I could never say no to more Jurassic. What about going back in his story and finding out what happened? John Hammond? Yeah, John Hammond's Like back when he's busy doing a flea circus or something? Yeah, or something. Some visual opportunities right there. I don't know. It's probably (laughs) never going to happen. That is the end of this edition of Collider Movie Talk. Roka, as always, thank you you for being here. You know where to find that guy. But Simon, tell everybody where they could find your work, you on social media, all that good stuff. You can find my work everywhere from Forbes and Reuters to uh, E! News and and everything in between. Sci-Fi Now magazine, loads of places. Uh, If you want to find me on social media, it's at Showbiz Simon on Instagram and Twitter and also do a podcast every week called Meet the Movie Press which you can find uh, via my Twitter as well. Thank you. Check all that out. Another huge thank you to Adam and Dorian in the room here. Guys, you all rock but you know what will make you even more special in our hearts? If you like and share this episode of Collider Movie Talk and tell everybody you know about the show right here on YouTube and also in podcast form as well. Guess what? That's it. We're leaving but we'll see you tomorrow. 3 p.m. PT live for a brand new episode. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 
This holiday season, it's all about the bedroom. And Casper's Black Friday sale has up to 30% off everything you need to make your bedroom your happy place. Only Casper mattresses are made with 86 supportive gel pods to align your spine and eliminate aches and pains. And Casper bed frames are made from the highest quality materials. Give the gift of a better bedroom. Save up to 30% during Casper's Black Friday sale on now at Casper.com. Terms and conditions apply. See Casper.com slash terms for more details. 